We'll talk about offering and all that at the end of service, so I want to get right into this. If you will go in your Bibles to a very, very, very extremely familiar uh, text, go with me to the book of John, chapter 3, verse 16. John three sixteen. Well, Pastor, I've heard this a thousand times. You know, we run a danger as you're turning there. We, we, we run a risk as Christians when we, when we hear a text that we've heard before that we immediately tune out what's about to be said. Don't do that here because I want to show you something. <clears throat> John chapter 3 verse 16 says this. You can all quote it by heart. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We all know that. Verse 17 says this. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Now, I want, I want you to see something. The word so here, the word so, if you really, I mean, if you really want to pick the Bible apart, which I'm that guy, I, I want to get in there and just tear it to shreds and find out what it says. When it says, for God so love the world. He could have said, for God love the world. But the word so means equal to paid ransom. God paid equal ransom because he loved you. Which means this. Now, now listen, I'm, I'm, I'm already moving away from where I want to go. It's okay. To pay equal ransom, listen to me, doesn't mean that, listen, please listen to what I'm saying. It doesn't mean that the enemy and Jesus were equal. It means that God saw you equal as his son. And said, I will, I will pay one ransom to receive billions back. And he did that for you not because he, he felt like you were perfect. My God, God does not look at you. I love all of you, but he does not see you as perfect. He sees you as perfected in his son's blood, but he doesn't see you as perfect. But what he does see you as is valuable. Do you know when you go to orphanages, a lot of Christian orphanages, orphanages uh, around the world, there's, uh, I believe it's called Whitestone Ministries. We're connected with them, Texarkana. They, they do a lot of children from Mexico, and they deal with the cartel and stuff. They, they, these guys deal with some stuff. <clears throat> but do you know that every, every month, and April does this too. She used to do this in the children's church. Uh, and she'll get back to it once we can open that back up. But every month they give a birthday party for somebody in that orphanage that, that, that it's their birthday. And, and I'm talking about it's a birthday party. It's one of them show enough parties. They got all kind of stuff. They, they, everything you can think of at a party, they do it every single month. Because some of these kids have never even had a birthday party. They don't even know their birthday. So they take the time that they brought them into the orphanage and they said, okay, this is your birthday. And they get to celebrate something because their whole life has been pain and manipulation and issues and problems and hurts and things going on in their life. And they're trying to turn them to a place where they understand that somebody sees them as valuable. And, and that's great to do as humans. I think we should do that for people. I think if we got past our own selfishness, it would be amazing what this world could really do for one another. But the truth is, we can't do anything that Christ hasn't already done for us. And if we don't understand that we were ransomed because we were seen as equals, stop seeing the enemy as equal with Jesus because he's not. 
Now, you make him equal to you when you listen to his voice. Now, I'm really fixing to make you feel bad about yourself. When you've been given the very breath of Jesus to put an end to the stuff that's talking to you, why do you keep listening? In the garden, people say, well, if Adam had been doing his job, Eve never would have sinned. No, Adam was watching Eve speak, speak to something she had authority over, waiting on her to do what she was supposed to do. So I don't have time to go through that whole story, but, but the truth is, Adam made a mistake. He tried to go save mankind without consulting Jesus. And we do that every single day of our lives. You get a, Listen, you go to work. You get up, you try to pay your bills, somebody at work done got on your nerves, your wife, your kids, your dog, your cat, whatever it is you're mad about, that you're trying to fix your life yourself. There's nothing we can do that we don't have to sit down and relax and understand that God's got us. Amen. Now listen, y'all know my whole spiel on God's in control, right? God's only in the control of a life of a believer who gives him the word. That is the only way that works. Because if God was in control, why are you hurting? Why are you in pain? If he's a God of joy and peace, why are you hurting? He didn't call you to those things. God, listen, God called you to a place to serve him, yes. But listen, please listen. We are servants of the Lord, but we're not slaves. <laughs> that word is often interchanged. Slaves mean we have no choice. Servants mean we can quit. But you have been given a free moral agent to do anything and everything that you want to do. But the problem is, is when things go sideways, it's easy, especially it's a cop-out for Christians to say, well, you know, God's in control. No, you were there for a little bit. That's why you are where you are. Well, you know, yeah, we'll just let God fix it. Well, how about quit screwing it up? I'm going to go back up here. I, I feel it's a little tight. And I've, I'm, down, I'm down a wing, and I can only fight with lefty, so we... You got your pistol? We good? Hey, Uncle Ray Ray's here. He'll get me out. I know if Ray's here, I'm all right. <laughs> all right, let me, let me try to get to this thing. When you see yourself as valuable, listen to what I'm going to say today. I'm not going to give you a bunch of scriptures. I'm not going to try to amaze you with my knowledge of the Bible. What I want you to see is something very simple today. And it's this. It's this one statement. And I've been focused on it when I, since I walked in this building. When you realize your value... There are certain things you won't tolerate anymore. Amen. The Christian body does not know their value. They don't know their power. They don't know their authority. Amen. We're tolerating things in this life that God didn't cause us to tolerate. We're dealing with things. We're allowing people. Now listen, this is going to sound a little haughty, but we're allowing people to speak to us in ways. How dare they speak to us like that? You are the authority in the room. You got the blood. However, if you're walking in the blood, you're not going to walk in haughty. <laughs> when I first got saved and, and, and got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I would go to the place where all my friends did dope because I would do dope there with them. And I'd walk in, man, and they'd be basing and, and high and all these kind of things, and, and everything would just stop. And it wasn't because I was there, but I brought something with me. And they would literally tell me, my wife will tell you, they would call my house and say, you got to tell Alan, quit coming over here. We can't get high when he's here. You know why? It's not because I'm special. It's because the anointing on my life refuses to allow that spirit to operate anymore around me. You have that same authority. What is it that you're putting up with that you, if you would just see your value in that area, you won't have to put up with anymore? See, when you see your value, and you listen to me now, 
when you see value, you begin to demand more from yourself. And when you begin to demand more from yourself, you're speaking his way, talking his way, walking his way. All of a sudden, the people around you, they may talk about you at work, but trust me, when they need you, they come into you. Because people can say whatever they want to, but I learned a long time ago, talk is cheap. Unless it's in the tongue of a believer. Then it's extremely valuable. And you will eat of what you say. You will live in the fruit of what comes off your lips. You must understand your value. You must. Your value was given to you for a price. Most people are struggling because they've been devalued. Now, this is, this is what I want to say. God saw you as the same worth as he saw Jesus. Do y'all hear what I'm saying to you? That God sees you as the same value level. As his son that was immaculately accepted, that was given to a place that didn't accept him, that, that wanted to destroy him. I, I'm watching these protests and I'm trying my best not to be political. Because I'm just telling you, if y'all don't see spiritual warfare going on there, you don't see nothing. If you don't see evil trying to take, take over a nation that God created, you can't see into the spirit. It's not the people, it's the driving spirit. And you have to learn to pray. But I want to say something to you. Now, please understand I'm a New Testament preacher. So understand what I'm about to say. Let me finish my statement before you get mad. We like to use, matter of fact, one, will you put up Jeremiah 29 11? I didn't plan to go this way, but here we are. <clears throat> we'll wait. I don't have a choice, do I? For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace. Say peace. And not of evil to give you an expected end. That's God's will for us in the Old Testament. Imagine under the new covenant what it is. But we like to say, we like to say things like this. Well, you know, the Bible says if, if, if my people would humble themselves and pray. We need to repent. I, I, was, in a, I was around people not too long ago that, that that's all I heard at the tables. Well, if we'd repent. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Those of us as spiritual believers, we should have been on top of this. We should have seen this coming. However, for us to say that we need to repent, if we'll repent and pray, then God will heal our nation. That is an old covenant. God healed our nation with Jesus. You just have to learn to accept it. I know that's popular preaching, praise the Lord. But it puts it where it needs to be. We have a responsibility to not only accept Jesus, but to receive what he said and release what he said into people and into the lives of the world we're called to. You are not called to be some passive Christian that halfway listens to my messages. Let me just tell you all something. If this is the only meal you get all week long biblically, you're in trouble. Because I ain't that good. I'm barely stringing sentences together half the time. You have to be able to sit there and know when, when you feel that you're under that oppression, when things begin to move in your life, when you're moving in the wrong direction, you have to understand how quickly God needs you to come to him, to get into his word, to move. You don't have to, listen to me, you don't have to move away from where you're called to be close to him. But you do have to move in your heart back closer to him. Y'all okay? Because the truth is, we don't see Jesus for who he is. We don't. We see Jesus as a figure from 2,000 years ago when he hung on a cross. And, and if we just accept him as our Savior, it's all good. No, no, no. You are in him. You are the operator of the airplane. 
You are the one that with your tongue decides the way that your life goes. And we blame God and we say this and we say that. And we, we throw this out there. We just do this. And God called you to be close to him. Listen, please understand what I'm saying. The creator of the universe saw fit to give you 100% access. Original intent. Adam was intended to rule and reign, to dominate this planet through the word of God, to create, to grow. He was given a garden for that garden to increase all over this planet. That was the original intent. Each of you have a garden. What are you doing with it? Oh, I can look at your faces and tell. Each of you have a garden. I was in Texarkana a few weeks ago, and the Lord told me as I was sitting in church, I'm sitting there, tears rolling down my face. They're worshiping. And it's old school stuff, too. We're trying to find a baby to sling. I mean, we had Pentecost up in there. And, of course, it was adults, so the only baby we could sling was the one in the back crying. <laughs> I'm just playing. <laughs> Y'all got to understand that we have, we have fun out there at Texarkana. By the last night, we'll start church. What time we get to the church? Six o'clock? Six o'clock? What time we get to the hotel? 1.30, 2.30 in the morning? Hotel 10 minutes from the church. That's a service. That's a service. Ain't no bathroom breaks either. But we're sitting there and tears strolling down my face, and I'm in the last service of the last message, and I'm just praising the Lord, and we've had a good time, and the Lord thunders in my spirit. And I told you all this a couple weeks ago. He said, the garden of your church is about to be weeded. You can weed it, or I can weed it. And I know me. So I'm like, yeah, knock yourself out. Because if I do it, I hurt people. But the point is not that God's pulling people out of our ministry. That's not what I'm saying. What he's doing is he's asking people to examine their heart. Because your life will go with whichever grows faster. You have a lawn and you have weeds. Which grows fastest? Weeds. So we have to pluck that out and we have to keep it. How do you do that? You do that by the word. You do that by prayer. You do that by worship. You do that by staying before him. You can't fix everything until you fix your heart. And when you fix your heart, everything begins to flow out of your heart. As your heart begins to become mended, your life begins to become mended. And I took that personal and I said, God, I don't want to hurt people. I don't want to take things the wrong way. I know in the past I was a hard preacher. I would rather you mend the, the hearts of people. You do what you do. I'll obey. I'll preach what you ask me to preach. I'll stay in my lane. I won't try to be God in this church. But I need you to make sure that the heartbeat of this church always stays about Jesus, not growth. Listen to me now. If we stay on Jesus, growth happens. I, and I could care less whether we have 15 people or 50,000. I care that the people that are coming are getting what they need to enjoy the life God gave them. That when tragedy, and let me tell you something, things will happen. But faith is not to keep you from tragedy. It's your response to it. You need to understand that you are the walking, talking, breathing embodiment of the word. Yeah. That is what you're called to. And if you are seeing yourself as less than that, you don't know value. We, uh, April's, got, April's got her wedding band and ring on. I'm going to ask her to hold her hand up. She's got a very beautiful uh, wedding set there that, that, that she wears, and it's nice. But that is not her most valuable wedding band. Amen. You know what her most valuable wedding band is, or the engagement ring, I should say? It's a seashell ring from Dolphin Island because that's what I asked her to marry me with. 
It's broken into pieces, and it's in her drawer. Is it not broken? It's mine that's broken. Mine, mine, y'all. It's always my stuff's always broke. But it's 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 laying there, and nobody's allowed to touch it, because to her that's priceless. I know, baby. All this, girl. Tell you, I see you later. All my kids just went, ooh. <laughs> but, <laughs> we'll pay for that one this afternoon. But if you put her at gunpoint and said, give me your wedding band and your ring, she'll hand it to you. Because what's valuable her, what's most, what's most valuable is at home. It's put away. She knows where it is. And I'll catch her. She thinks I don't know, but I'll catch her and they're looking at it from some time to time. Remembering. But you know what? What we got to understand is this. When you recognize value in yourself, you have to recognize value into who you give things into. The Bible says not to cast your pearl before swine. And here's why. Swine will eat anything. And it doesn't know the value of what's in front of it. Just because you, you have an opportunity to preach to someone doesn't mean that they're listening. Now, I will say this about children. Let me say this about children. My granddaughter's right here on the front row. She's four years old. And they act like they ain't listening. Oh, they're hearing everything. So your life is always preaching. That's value. What you say and how you react, that's value. But when you put on your preacher clothes and, and you, your chest goes out and you try to preach, people know how your life looked. So you have to understand that if God, listen to me, if God sees you as valuable, that he put value in Jesus in front of you, that he doesn't see you as swine. However, the Bible talks about in Exodus where they couldn't go into the promised land because 12 spies went out, 10 of them said, oh, there's giants over there. But now listen to what they said. And we got, we're not going to go to that text. You can, it's in Exodus. You can go research it. Twelve spies go out. Twelve come back. Two say, we're well able. Ten say, there's giants over there. But you know what else they said? Oh, there's grapes as big as your head. Every, uh, every provision and everything they needed was right over there. But they saw themselves as unable to do it. And they were unable to eat of a blessing that had been laid up. And the very thing, listen, please listen to what I'm saying. Because we believe, well, you know, it's God's timing. No, 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 God's ready. That's right. I, I just want to bust some of y'all's bubble. God's ready, you the problem. You got to get yourself there. Because everything God had laid up for the children of Israel, for the Hebrews to have, grapes this big, to be able to live on milk and honey, and to flow and to be blessed, had to rot for another season. Because they did not know they could do it. God has called all of us to do something amazing. Well, I'm not called to 20,000 people. Well, you may not be, but you're called to one, and that's amazing. So you've got to see value. You've got to see value. I learned a long time ago that you don't get caught up in the ministry. You get caught up in the ministry in front of you. If you do the ministry in front of you, the rest of it just begins to open up. What we've done is we've tried to decide that this is how our life should be instead of being pliable. 
The Bible is very clear that if you cast your pearls before swine, they will devour what you're putting out and, and move on, and they will not change, and you'll, be le you'll have less. So what you've got to do is this. Is you've got to understand your value. Amen. You've got to understand who you are in Christ. Now, now what does that look like? And here, here's what that looks like. Now, I'm Pentecostal to the bone. Some of y'all may not be. Some of you may be. We all have different backgrounds. But what I've seen is in the charismatic movement, people would go into a grocery store and have church in a grocery store, laying hands on every can of beans they could find and shouting and screaming and running up and down the aisles. And people that saw that didn't know what was going on the people that were doing that had no wisdom in, in telling people what they were doing because they didn't understand God's called you to be a light, not a spectacle. That the gifts are in operation for people who understand value or need to know they're valuable. Oh, please, let, let, let me follow this thought out. Please don't, don't tune me out. Because what we've done with the gifts is we've turned them into a show when they were supposed to be life-changing moments. Everybody in this room has a gift you can operate in. You just don't know it yet. Everybody. April tells me all the time, you know, about gifts and different things. Now, this is what she says to me, and she's so right. She's like, just because you operate in the gift doesn't mean you're operating in the love. <laughs> now, we just figured out what's wrong with church. Because there's a lot of people who are charismatic and can build a crowd, but are people being loved? Are they being cared about? Do people really know that they were ransomed? Because God saw them as equal. See, people's going to hear me say that, and I'll start getting emails and Facebook messages. Well, you said you're equal to Jesus. No, I'm just in him. Because the goal is for you not to see me. It's to see him. Now, I started all of this to say this one thing. We all have scars. We all have issues. We all have problems. We all have something that's happened in our life. We all have something that taints how we deal with people. We all do. Every single one of us from the pulpit to the sound booth. The key is not letting your scar rule you, but your ability to listen to the Spirit of God. Because if you can listen to the Spirit of God, you can see things happen in your life that should just not happen for you. By your pedigree. My pedigree says I shouldn't, even be a, I shouldn't even be a Christian, first of all. Much less preaching to people. My pedigree doesn't allow me to do that. My, well, my background says I can't do this. My, my, my people that I come from say he's still running a game. The people that I went to school with, that none of, nobody believes this, but the truth is, is I accepted one day that I'm his and not mine anymore. God is calling out to every single person in this room to just take another step closer. What we try to do is we try to dive all in. Oh, I'm going in. I'm going in feet first. I'm, I'm all in. Well, that's fine. If you can, that's fine. But not everybody can move that fast. Some people have been hurt so bad. Please listen. Some people have been hurt so bad they can't even trust God. But yet God still gives you an opportunity with every breath to just come a little further and a little further. And he loves you where you are. And he loves you enough not to leave you there. God has called you to more. And when they sing that song, The Blessing, 
it means so much to me. I actually had never heard that song before a few weeks ago when they brought it to me and said, we want to do this. And, and, and when it talks about his favor goes before you and it's in you and it's around you and it's behind you, it's on your family in general. Do you understand that biblically speaking, the Bible does declare that you are supposed to be so blessed that your children's children should be eating of that? Do you understand that's what the Bible says? Don't get mad at me, the Bible says it. The Bible says that. Now, how many of us in our life have experienced that from our grandparents? How many of us? And that's, you know, that's the thing. Some have, some have it. April and I, have, we, 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 we were some messes. You talk about broken. We were, we were, you talk about, yeah, well, thank you, Grayson. She's like, Pops was messed up, y'all. She's right. Because we, if you took our lives, if you look at our backgrounds and you put us together, there is no way we should have made it through this thing. We should have been divorced a hundred times. I think we screamed it at each other a bunch. But here's the thing. God had different plans. And we can, for the first time in our lives, begin to look at grandchildren and more grandchildren coming now and all of these things and realize that we have released the blessing. Was I not supposed to do that? Yeah, who cares? It's on Facebook. Anyway. <laughs> it's on Facebook. What are you looking at? I, they listen to Facebook more than they listen to me. Oh, I caught some of you. <laughs> but for the first time, I can tell that the blessing has begun to move up until, up until this big wall in our life where neither one of us had anything. And all of a sudden, we're seeing generation after generation getting something we never had. And I can honestly say, God, it's finally starting to work. Now, was he waiting on me? Yeah, because he was ready. He was ready. He was waiting on me to catch up. You ever, you ever, you ever try to get your kids, when they're, when, they're, when they're teaching them to walk, you let go of them and you just back up, and you're ready, but are they? And, and they just begin to lean forward and just fall really cool, that kind of thing. They have the ability. They're just learning how. All of you have the ability but you can't learn how just on Sunday at 11 o'clock. It takes his presence. It takes, listen, April, April she, she's, the reason I bring her up is because she can confirm all of this. Because of my musical background, I had to cut out every ounce of music. It was all worship all the time. It was all Bible all the time. I used to go to bed with Perry Stone preaching in the background because I had to clean out the mess. And some of y'all have got to clean out whatever mess it is that's keeping you from what he's called you to. And that's not to be judgmental, and that's not to hurt, and that's not to cause pain. However, it is necessary. I don't like my elbow hurting, but it was necessary to fix the damage. Well, why don't you just believe God for healing? Y'all throw that at me all you want to. I can throw stuff back. The truth is, I needed reparation. This thing was destroyed. Y'all, yeah, everybody right here on me, they're good. Because what happened was this. God, listen to me now. I'm just going to tell you about how this stuff works. God kept telling me to get, listen, now please listen. God kept telling me to get one of them elbow, football elbow pads with the big pad on it. Two years ago, right after, well, it was after the first incident because it healed back up really fast. But I never did it because, you know what I said? I ain't no stupid 80s wrestler. You know, I was just trying to be funny with God. So I never did it and ended up breaking this thing so many times they had to go back and rebuild it. Now, was God trying to talk to me? Yes. Was I listening? Yes. Did I obey? No. Nope. 
which is where most of us are in life. Most of y'all understand you do hear God. Oh, please listen to me. You all are hearing God. You just have to move into a place where you're actually doing what He says. Amen.